Welcome to The Listening Show, the show that you can listen to. Walter, the year is 1932. You're a a beautiful but plain girl named Leslie Overton. And Leslie is missing her man who went off to war. And she she's trying to she's trying to live off of her her poor paying grocery store job, but she's worried that the economic times are going to make her not have that job anymore. And so, in a in a cry for desperation, she she calls her mom uh, on the on the payphone using her last nickel and says, "Mom, I have to come home." Um. But do you know what the mom said? I hate you, and that's why I named you Leslie Overton. She didn't have much to say about the last name. Oh, I remember that wrong. Yeah, she was talking to me since I am that person, but yeah. I forgot. I remember that wrong. I also forgot my name. Is it Overton or Overington? It's Overton. You got it right. Okay, your name is that's Leslie name. Overton. <clears throat> Her mom said, "What?" And then Leslie said, I have Hold to on. come home. She, this is 1930? 32. And she called me? Yeah. In 1932? With her last nickel, yeah. With a nickel? Yeah, last nickel. She she had a, there was like a payphone. Wow. Yeah. Sound um, like some, I'm like. Stop it. I'm telling this. I'm telling the story. <laughs> and so Leslie Overton's mom said, what? And Leslie said, Mom. I have to come home. I can't afford this place anymore. And my lover is in France fighting the war of 1932. (laughs) And she said, what? And she said, mom. You know what she said after that? She said, listen to me. (laughs) So that's why the listening show. (laughs) That's why 70 years, 70, 80, I can't do math. Many years later, we invented this show. Yeah, because of poor Leslie's mom, she didn't listen. If she would have had this podcast, she would have known to listen. And I like how her voice was old. (laughs) So it's like maybe her problem was she had bad hearing. I'm still baffled that there was a phone in 1932. There were phones in 1932, by the way. Yeah, but like, it's not like there was pay phones and people could just go make phone calls in 1932. I don't know. Maybe there, not maybe there was. There was no pay phone in and if they didn't, If there were, they didn't cost a nickel. They're probably like yeah. a penny. Oh, of, that's expensive. I don't know. Welcome to episode 10 of The Listening Show. Everything's going good. We have over 800 listens now. I was going to tell you that the other day. Over 800 on podcasts because they blew up this last weekend again. I'm going to hack and see how many people there are on YouTube. I think it's... It's pretty close to 800. It's close to 800. Yeah. It's very exciting times for the listening show. We have actually a lot of plans to improve the set, uh, to improve podcasting quality. Uh, Which we have been doing slowly over time. Mm-hmm. Keep incorporating new little tiny things to make it more better. Here's a little teaser that I'm going to put out there just because I'm proud and I worked hard on it yesterday. <sighs> I will be... Making a jingle soon, so we'll have yes. introduction music. It won't just be the show starts. Oh, music show. It'll be like something, and then music something that Walter's going to help me with. Maybe today, maybe another day. But I've got a little loop going. That anyway, I'm making a jingle. Yeah, I'm using my music to do it. Uh, we're excited. Today's topic. Uh, we're going to talk about sleep slash dreams. 
Uh, I have at least one really interesting dream story that it's pretty unique. I don't know that anybody else has had this kind of dream. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to go with it. But in this dream, my name is Zach Fisher. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people have had dreams like this one. And then he, this guy in this dream looked exactly like me. So there may be a few people who have had this dream, but yeah. Yeah, I I had a dream last night that I've been thinking about, so that's the one I can think of to talk of. Other than that, I'm oh, yeah. hoping that dreams that have happened in the past will come up randomly. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I say something about dreams, or do you want to lead on something specific? Because I was going to say, it's really weird, oof, when out of nowhere, one day, you'll just very clearly remember a dream you had years ago. And on top of that, sometimes that dream you can remember from years ago out of nowhere feels real. Mm-hmm. There's different ways it's introduced. You will either immediately remember it as that was a dream, or I'll remember, hey, remember that one house that was really cool. And I go, wait a minute, that was a dream. Mm. I know it so well. Anyway, yeah. Hopefully, our memories of dreams we've had in the past will just populate during this oh, I do too. podcast I so. today because um, obviously we've had many dreams and ones we'd like to share, but I can't think of any. any Many right now. Hopefully yeah. that'll change. There is a weird territory where dreams and memory kind of meld together because memory is one of those things that, especially as you get distance from it, it's so foggy and interesting and you don't remember it very clear at all. And dreams are like that from the beginning. They're foggy and interesting. You don't really remember them. Yes. But uh, So I hope that we come up with dream stories too. I've got at least three that I remember really good. Mm. Um, really good. Really well. I remember them really well. Uh. So this morning we went to breakfast and you said, I had this interesting dream. I was like, wait, before you tell me, we should figure out what topic we're doing at the podcast today. Because if we do dreams and stuff, then you can tell it there. And he goes, I'd be okay with doing it that, doing it that way. So I want to hear your, your dream now. Okay. <clears throat> I think I've derived just about as much meaning as I can. Because, you know, the further you get from dreams, the harder they are to remember, the more memory they become. Uh do you think this dream had meaning? Oh, that's what's so fascinating about it. I'm I'm convinced there's some deeper meaning in it. I've been trying to extrapolate it because it's huh. interesting to me. It's not the dream itself. It's what it means that was interesting, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's... So you think the dreams have... I think Sorry. this one did. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. I want to talk about dreams with meaning after, we, after you <laughs> tell the story. So in this dream, I... Like, I don't remember everything, and I know some details are more important than others, and I've been trying to, for one thing, figure out which of the details I've remembered matter. So, in this dream, it was me opposite of someone else. In this dream, though, and I think this is important to the meaning, we are essentially characters, specifically me. I'm playing a character. I'm playing a villain, but he is the villain. He's like the devil. Not really the the devil, but he's the worst person. He's, um, and I know this, my character, I should say, knows this, the character I'm playing, but, you know, he's someone who has committed murder, theft, but he's also got, like, all the money in the world. You know, he's got it all through the worst possible way. And my character is in a similar position where my character wants what he has, but he's on top. And the... (laughs) The instigating incident, again, it's maybe not important, but it's what it means. He had just beat his wife, and however, and her, she had a pearl necklace, and all the pearls were scattered 
on the ground. And so my character, see, this is me playing a character. I have to do what he would do. I was like, well, I'm going to, I want those pearls. So I picked him up and of course the pearls mean nothing to him. They're, they're, they're not of any value really, but they're not mine. And if anything, they're his and that he does, he, not like he needs reasons to want to hurt me, but that gives him all the reason he needs. So he pulls his gun and points it right at my face and says something. And I wish I could remember the words. I remember what the words were about, though, and I guess that's enough. And my thinking was, well, there's nothing I can say that he hasn't heard that would put him above killing me because he's done this before. Like, what's the last thing he would expect to hear? It's probably just the truth and probably someone who's not begging for their life or something. And so my character says something to him like, oh, man. But within three seconds, like I figure that's how long, unflinching, right? Like I actually lean forward and I say like right at him something like, um, I don't remember what it was, but we had this dialogue where I said most of the stuff, which I hate this interpretation of it, but in one form or another, it was, we're not so different. It was this, um, <laughs> Whatever the words were back and forth, it's like, you got where I said to him, you got where you are. You didn't get to where you are by being squeamish about anything or by being afraid of anything. And I was, I was showing like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing you would do something like that. And then he like, wasn't expecting it. And it really tickled him the right way. I guess it made him really delighted. So like, while he has the gun in my face, he kind of like, while he's just, pissed at the world and everything he kind of like has this little like smirk that comes out and then he without saying it you could know he felt it what i was i guess bringing about him was this feeling of yeah someone finally gets it i hate people who are cowards and who are afraid of the truth and just doing what they what they what they believe or saying what they think i don't know it was this very interesting moment in, in in the context of a story which we were telling because we were characters, you see this, and I think that's important to the interpretation. I I, I don't care about those pearls, they're and they're not mine. I wouldn't steal them, which is effectively what I was doing, even though they're on the floor. They're garbage to him, but they're still his. I and I've been puzzling over it because like, there's God, that just sound, I just and like, you know, there's, there's things about it typical about it. There, there's got to be. There's something about it that. I think could be understood and I don't have all the details because I can't remember it all, but that's what I have. And I've been thinking, Oh, anyway, mm. I think I'm done with that story in a narrative sense. There's something to be derived from it. Sure. That's what you're saying. There's, there's some wisdom huh. to be distilled. I think it's, it's, it sounds. I'm thinking about what I said out loud. It didn't sound very remarkable, but yeah. And this happens with a lot of dreams. You have you wake up and you go, "Oh, that was awesome." And then you think about it later. Actually, it's kind of stupid. No, no, I I know what you mean. It doesn't sound stupid to me. It just, it just takes a minute for me to like absorb it. Well, I'm not going to overanalyze your dream for you, but it does seem like that same that same sort of story about confronting. Con- con- confronting such and such with truth is the proper way to do things or whatever. And like, it's the most impactful thing you can do. But I, I don't know. It feels like there's something sort of, uh, it feels like there's an underlying story about the pearls too. I don't know. Like that seems like something like, 
Yeah, it, it was a weird dream. That is. But I, yeah. it was so, I was so engaged. And maybe I was engaged with it because I care about acting and it fascinates me. Maybe that was the part of it that made me just like, what's going on here? What's this? What's the theme? What's the story? I don't know. Mm. It just, it, and I was enraptured when I woke up and thought about it. I was like, what was that? Anyway, it's fun. Mm. It was fun. It wasn't that bad dream. And I'm happy to never have one of those. I don't yeah. usually have good dreams. So mm. an interesting dream is good for me. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have so many dreams all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have as many anymore. Uh, not since I've gotten older. I think that's partly because I discovered like alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. I could just sleep. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think chemicals like affect dreams. Like I think if you were went like chemical, like devoid of chemicals for months, including dopamine, I think that you'd have more vivid dreams because. Because your body's like building. I think I read a scientific study about dreams at some point where people are like, if you're like, oh golly, what are some examples? Like if you, if you go on these like water cleanses, you start having more vivid dreams. Or if you give up a certain, uh, give up a certain activity for a long time and your body is like missing that activity, then it start you start dreaming about it or whatever. Well, that certainly makes sense. For example, I remember one time when I stopped drinking for months and energy drinks, Mm -hmm. And I slept, not only did I sleep harder, I dreamt when mm-hmm. I slept. Yeah. Uh, I gave up sugar for about like six months recently. I say gave up. I had like, I gave it up entirely for 90 days. <clears throat> and then I had a cheat day for like the rest of the three months or whatever. I recently started eating sugar again. Haven't had near as many dreams. But I, like for those 90 days, I definitely had some dreams. I was like, whoa, weird. They were weird dreams. I don't have a lot of good dreams anymore. Yeah. I, you, I think you said that. But. I think you kind of alluded to this, that the younger you are, the more dreams you have, more specifically, as you get older, you have fewer dreams. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that is partly a consequence of the chemicals being introduced. Mm. But I think... Like the, growth chemicals? Not not that, what's being ingested, what you were talking about, uh. for example. I mean, you have eat garbage as a kid, but I think biochemistry whatever that word is it just comes with age but i i think i think the reason we have less good dreams is because we're less naive and we mm. have more more bad things that we're aware of as as adults that's what i've always thought well, yeah dream theorists say that they think that dream, the function of dreams is is an evolutionary or microevolutionary theory basically saying your body is preparing you for when you're awake when bad things can happen or when good things can happen. It's basically acting it's out running scenarios. simulations and yeah. pre- practicing. That's a good way to say it, running yeah. simulations. Yeah. yeah and I, that makes sense to me because most of the dreams I have, even like the ones about my anxiety or about my anxieties in real life or whatever, it's like the, it's the dream with you're naked in school. It's mm-hmm. like if I was naked in school, I would not know how to behave. And it's like your your brain is reminding you, you wouldn't know how to behave if this happened, you kids. Like that's what it is, I think. Yeah. That's why you keep having it because you still haven't figured out what to do if you're naked in school. You have to keep going to school, but I was naked that one day. I don't know. So unless we just answered it, what do you think is the purpose of dreams? Oh, it depends for sure. Uh, Because, whoops. What? I accidentally switched cameras. Uh, The purpose of dreams. Oh, golly. That implies that there is a purpose to dreams. Well, for the reason you just said, assumedly it's because it's a biological feature that essentially helps your brain or your mind prepare and run simulations and which I, I, I would accept that answer as far as okay i'm satiated that's Do the you, best explanation i have scientifically okay 
I, I, I wasn't looking for anything deeper unless you had something deeper. Yeah, sure. I mean, I do also think that it's a way there's some supernatural things about dreams too. at least like reports of other people having dreams that seem prophetic or, um, or even like explaining the future in a narrative way. Like sometimes some people I know will be like, I had a dream that this happened. And then such and such time later went, went by and I had this happen in real life and it seems prophetic or even like, um, like if we, if you believe in God, you think that God communicates through dreams sometimes, which, mm-hmm. which I think, I think, oh, I think that happens. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be like in a place where he would want to communicate to you, uh, for that to happen. So I've definitely felt like before God has communicated to me through dreams in a weird way. I had this, I don't know. Should I tell my, first of all, I, I have a question about dreams. It's more on the light side before we get, before I get into my <clears throat> nightmare story. Cause my nightmare was like pretty intense and it's yeah. Uh, conditional dreams. We've talked about this before, but we have to talk about this because it's just too funny and interesting. What do you mean by conditional dreams? Dreams in which you can do things that you can't do normally, but in a dream you can if you perform a certain like ritual or like, let me give an example. Uh, In some dreams, I'm able to fly, but it's only like in a weird jumping kind of way where like if I jump too high, then I could just keep kind of up in the air. (laughs) Uh, or there's one dream where I had a condition where I could levitate, but I had to be perfectly parallel to the ground. <laughs> and so I'm laughing because I basically have had those dreams. We've t- I remember yours, but you I can wa- only do this. Yeah. If- <laughs> and with flying specifically. Yeah. I remember tell years after I'm done, but like the one where I could levitate, I remembered cause I fell down and I was like, whoom, I stopped and I was suspended right above the ground. like this. <laughs> I was like, I bet if I just like tip my head forward that I'll keep moving forward. And I was like yeah. this far off the ground. But then I just like <laughs> moved forward and just kind of kept floating. <laughs> and I remember thinking I, I like got to, I didn't want to get up because then I'd stop floating, but it wasn't very high off the ground. And so I remember like <laughs> blowing off the ground <laughs> to get some distance. And then I remember it got to like these stairs and then I was like, I don't know how to go up these stairs. Cause if I tip, then my feet will touch the ground and I'll be, and so what I did is I like, <laughs> I love these arbitrary yeah. rules. I like floated like this and I went, up the stairs like, got him. Yeah. It was so ridiculous, but I've had, I've, yeah, I'll, you go ahead and tell yours. Well, conditions for flying. I've had a few things. So I would always have the ability to levitate if I essentially tucked my legs up underneath my butt as if I was sitting cross-legged on a chair. So my my head parallel to the ground when it hasn't changed. I pick those up and I can levitate at that level, no problem, at any condition. I have that, <laughs> yeah. abil- I have that ability no one else has. Yeah. Otherwise, I think like most people, you can't jump or fly too high because you'll just go keep going and you can't stop. Uh-huh. That's a rule. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I remember one dream... This is not a normal thing in my dreams. Remember one dream, you know, like printers, they have that tray, the area where the paper is supposed to come out. It's like a recession in the top. This is the one I remember. Uh, did I tell you this one? Yeah. In yeah. order to fly, you you had to take a pink uh, a foosball and you had to drop it in that tray and let it dribble at the bottom as if it was like a coin in a dispenser. And then you'd watch the, the LED display. This is like back and black and white LED. <laughs> yeah. That would put up a signal 
indicating that it accepted your pain or whatever. <laughs> and then you can go fly for like a time, a certain amount of time. So I ran outside to go quick, get some flying time in. Like, oh, my flying stuff. We're going back downstairs and just. Okay, it's good. Yeah. Please insert foosball in the foosball yeah. dispenser or receptor or whatever. Receptacle. Whatever. That's so funny. But oops, I did it again. Dribble, 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 dribble. It's like, yes. And then just fly away. That's so funny. I, I'm hoping people who hear this have, go like, yes, arbitrary yeah. flying. Like you can fly, but only if you do this. Oh and- gosh. My sister had, she, when I was telling, when we were talking about this as a family, she goes, I could fly, but I could only do it if I flap my arms violently. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine my sister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That one made me laugh. You know, what, you know what's really hard is like flying very quickly. You have to fly at a very slow, concentrated pace. You can't mm-hmm. just take off to another house. Like, mm-hmm. quick. you couldn't do that. Like, I could never do that. Could you do that? Okay, so I could fly really fast, but if I did, my eyes would always water, and I'd wake up if I flew to, like, at something, I'd wake up, and my eyes would be dripping water. Uh-huh. Like, that was the interesting thing. It's cause, like, but it was a caveat. You're not allowed yeah. to. Essentially. Like, you can imagine sticking your head out the window yeah. while you're driving, and, like, the water is making your eyes tear. Like, uh, there's just, like, streams going like this. I would wake up, and my eyes would be super. It, it looked like I was crying, but I was like, that was fun. <laughs> no, I'd, I could go pretty fast. Usually, if I was floating, though, it was like you have to maintain this same yeah. pace because if you go too fast or too slow, you'll tip and fall and you won't be able to fly anymore. Yeah. But the jumping ones were my favorite because I remember I'd like jump in the air and then I would use the walls to like push myself forward. And you, because I'm basically just floating at that point, uh-huh. but you can move yourself with the momentum and push yourself around. Yeah, I know like I a think balloon. about it. It's almost like flying was a low gravity thing, it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily free control move it in the air it's like once you've got momentum you got to find a way to control it by like pushing off a wall or something and it's fun it feels it is like fun but it's very limiting it feels like you're a balloon like you just kind of my grandma said she had a dream where she she said i thought i had this one dream where i blew up like a balloon and i was floating in the air and then everybody started playing with me and pushing me around <laughs> <laughs> that one made me laugh too <laughs> I was like, you guys kept bouncing me around the room. Like, oh, man, I hope you don't feel like we bounce, bounce you around the room. Oh, that was so funny to me. So when you said conditional dreams, flying, was that an example? Mm-hmm. That's one example. There's so many. Like, I've had ones where I could breathe underwater, but that was just because. <laughs> so I remember. Boy. I've had, like, a dream where, like, I'm underwater and they go, oh no, I can't breathe underwater. I was like, but I've been breathing underwater this whole time. So I guess I can breathe underwater and then I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I used to be able to lucid dream. You know what that is? Yeah. I, I trained myself to, and this is, I'll get into my, my story because of this. Cause I think, uh, part of the reason I have my nightmares because I trained myself to lucid dream. Uh, so lucid dreaming for anybody who doesn't know is a dream that you are in control of totally. You know you're dreaming, but you can stay asleep and completely immersed in whatever world you're in. The end of most people, like we all wish we could do that, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was really awesome. Um, it was too much. It felt like too much power, basically. Uh, but I got really into it. I was like eight, and I was reading. I, that was when I first discovered Google. I was reading about how do you meditate to get into the to, to lucid dreaming and I practiced breathing and I did all the, I did all the steps. And then at some point I just figured out how to do it and it felt real. It felt like I knew I was dreaming, but I could just do it. And I did it. I probably did it maybe 50 times total. Um, 
but I remember like I was probably eight or nine and I, I would always do the regular things like, like, like flying or like building huge castles and living in them or, or whatever. I was an, I was an eight year old kid. So it was all lightsabers and stuff like that. Um, but I remember at one point it got something happened and it was like, I, I entered my lucid. It was a castle that I came, I came back to every night. I like built, it was what they call a mind palace. Um, Sherlock Holmes talks about it in that show where they talk about your mind palace. It helps you remember things and keep things in categories. You would visualize a building that you build in your mind and then you place different information that you need to remember in different parts of the house. So if you need to find that information again, you can visit that room and you know exactly what the information is. It just helps you categorize things. It's really hard. I did not use it like that. I just built it in my dreams so I could go and had all these fun rooms. Uh, anyway, this, this is like, another one of my story for movie ideas, because one day I visited my lucid dream palace when I was like nine or so. And I went in there and something was in there. I didn't put in there. Uh, it was, it looked like a skeleton of a deer. And I think I've told you this before, but no, don't recognize it. I, so I walked in my castle in my dream and I looked in right in the entry. There was like this deer skeleton and it was, it was dead, but it was standing up. It, it had its head down like this, and it had big antlers, but they were crooked in weird ways. And I remember looking at it and just feeling a fear hitting me right away because I was like, I didn't put that there. Uh, scary, because I did not have control of my lucid dreams anymore, but every night I would go back. I, I couldn't control it anymore. It was It felt corrupted is what it was, and then everything got darker and... And I'd wake up crying all the time and I'd go down to my parents' room and they'd be like, you have to go back to bed. And I wouldn't want to. And it was because I think I kept doing it. And at some point you just don't have control over that kind of thing. It made me realize I shouldn't be messing around with dreams necessarily, especially dreams I can control and, and build on stuff. I that back into that's too much power. Yeah, that's what it, it really is. And to this day, I won't try it again because I feel like <laughs> you're going to, uh, I wish I had a button for this. You can go into a lucid dream. You'd see it again. Finally, after all these years, you'd go, "Oh dear, oh dear." Yeah. No, it's oh dear. So I've had. I actually had a story idea. I was thinking about writing a, another book, a novel, at some point where it was about a guy who was escaping his life by lucid dreaming, and then the exact same thing happened to him as me, where it something got there that he didn't put there, and it got corrupted. And he was trapped. And it, that's a fun idea. It's. I mean, it's scary, but mm -hmm. it's fun. Eventually, this is the, this is where it made a weird jump because it was my my mansion home that that I built with all these fun things, and the corruption like turned this mansion home into a volcano somehow. That's another one of those weird dream things that I don't you don't know how it got there, but then the nightmare I had it every night for about a year, a year and three months, and it was every night uh, without fail. It was the same nightmare. My family. We were driving up this volcano, and I was like, I don't have control over this. It was always started the same, driving up the volcano. We go in this cave, and then they cave in happens. It's completely dark except for the headlights of this Jeep, and my family's screaming. They're taken. Uh, and so I, like every dream, it starts that way, and I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have lucid dreamed that one time because now I'm doing, I'm at this volcano where my family's being taken every night. Um, and then that deer thing, the dead deer thing, those are those are after me. There's many of them and they're so creepy. I drew up one time, <clears throat> but they don't move like regular things. They wake up and they glitch at you like the grudge. Oh, I hated it. It was so <laughs> scary. As like a nine year old, it was just so scary. I just wake up crying. Anyway, 
I think it had, I think it had some meaning and it was, the meaning was like, you think you're in control of your life, but I, I, not. I, I, maybe it's because I'm, you know, thinking about my dream, but I think the meaning is very much the same. It's that you think, okay, I'm going to start with yours. I love the idea that this lucid dream world you've made is of your own making and it's of consists of all good things. Mm-hmm. And, as, and, and you think you're in control and you, and to some degree at some point, now this is important. You think that you are all those good things. That is who you are until this monster, whatever the word is appears and you go, I didn't put that there. But the truth is, and you know, this is yep. the scary part. Whoa. You, you did put that there. That's what's, and yes, that, yes, that's cool. And so I, I was just thinking about that and about my dream. It's like uh, something about how my character said, "I'm not a, I'm not above you. I'm not above anyone else that you've killed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just as bad as you are. But you're, you're no better than me, right? Something like that. I don't know. It was, sim- I was starting to pick up this, but I love that idea that you described. And I was like, ah, that's what makes it scary. Yeah. that and you like who put it there until you realize it was me exactly kind of like yeah whatever that's at some, fun at some point during this podcast i'll explain through the rest of the dream i could do it now or or not it There's was more to the dream it was a long dream that's what i was i was trying to warn you earlier like if we talk about dreams i might it might take well, a while I think people would want to hear the whole dream i'll make it quick as possible uh you can imagine having this every night for a year means i had this dream upwards of 300 almost 400 times basically I think it was four, 420 times because it was about a year and three months. And every night I was a firm believer in God. I'd pray that I didn't have the dream and it would not work. I'd have it. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's all tied in with my belief in God as a young, uh, you know, a young kid. And, you know, it's when my first faith crisis happened, like God's not real if he's making me have this nightmare kind of thing. Um, but then it was me. It was my fault for building this fantasy world that I could escape to. And, and anyway, uh, so the dream starts always driving a Jeep up a volcano, cave in, family's taken. This I remember. Yeah. Uh, and every it's it, this this is the part where it sort of became like a uh, write your own novel or whatever they call those. The I know what you mean. I just don't know what it's called. It's like those varying stories where they yeah. give you, you choose your path it's or whatever. It's a fork tree story. It's a multiple choice story. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was multidimensional because I had complete control once I got once the cave in it occurred, I was completely in control. The Jeep had one long rope in it. I'm guessing it. this is a Cherokee, by the way. What? The Jeep. Is it like a Cherokee? A Wrangler. Oh, it is a Wrangler. Is yeah, it? it was it was open roof. Was it a two door or a four door? Do you know if it had, what color it was? I don't know how descriptive your black. dreams are. It was a black Was it dark green? Or was it black? Or do you not know? It was it look it was just it was just like tubing really. It was it might not have even been a Jeep. It was more like a like okay. a like a what do they call those? The caged things that go up that that can go travel off road. It's not really important. I know I know it's not important. It, I was I was really just curious how yeah. much you remembered or how big wheel it was. Big wheels. I I didn't focus on that as much. The focused point the focus points of that were that the headlights were left on. Um, and there was rope in the trunk and you climbed into, you climbed into the trunk from, cause it was open face. You climbed and I climbed from the back seat into the trunk and I grabbed the rope first and then I moved the car. I like, I had to learn how to re- reverse a car and I moved the car like this so it could face, there's this crack in the, in the cave. And when you got through the crack, 
you had to use the rope to get down, but then you you tie the rope to a rock and you climb down. Then it was a labyrinth, and that was the part I was in. I was stuck in the labyrinth for for months. It was probably a year that I was just every night I was just running around this labyrinth and I could not get out. And eventually, I talked to my mom about it. Or my dad, I can't remember which of my parents, but I would, t- I would describe the dream to them. And like, you know, it's a mental block. Like, you're not going to get out of the labyrinth. You have to force yourself to find a way out kind of thing. And it was the same. I tried everything. And up, as soon as you'd see one of those deer creatures, they just glitch at you and you'd wake up and I'd be crying. And it'd yeah. be scary. Anyway, so for just like a month, I like think about it really hard. Like when I see the labyrinth, I'm going to dig out. I'm going to dig out. I'm going to dig underneath it. And I'm going to get to my family. That's where they're going to be. I'm going to just, and I just think about it and I'd get there and I'd be digging, digging, digging. And I could never get through until one day I finally did. And I read a Bible verse before that happened too. Uh, there was a certain Bible verse that I associated with. I was just thinking about the Bible verse the whole time. And it was about fear. Um, it was Proverbs three, 27 or something like that it was i can't remember which bible verse it was but i remembered it really well then uh it was about the lord did not give you a spirit of fear uh something else like that it was something like that i just remember thinking he didn't give me a spirit of fear i'm just gonna be i'm gonna just dig uh and it sounds really corny and like too story-like but to a nine-year-old like this was like power yes and so I'm digging, digging, digging. And I remember I broke through and I fell through and I was like, oh, I got out. And then, of course, there was like a deer and it got me right away. But I was like, oh, now I know I can get through. And then as soon as I get to the labyrinth from then on, I just dig right through. And it was then I could go to the next part. And the next part was a long hallway. And you could see a light, like a red light at the end of this hallway. And there was always a deer like in the hallway. And so I had to I had to face the deer. Uh, the dead thing, the dead corrupt thing that I that had corrupted my dreams in the first place, and that is a part I don't remember. I don't remember how I I beat deer at all. I just one day I got past it, and then when I got to the light, it was super long tunnel, but I got there and it was a volcano with the lava. It was very Mount Doom. I had just watched Lord of the Rings, uh, and then there's my family with two cages, and the bad guy said you have to pick. I don't remember who the bad guy was. It was some just a bad generic guy that I knew was a bad guy. <laughs> And I did not want to pick, and so I used the rope, and I'd, I'd throw it around both the cages, and I'd pull them in, and then I'd push the bad guy into the lava, and then I never had the dream again. And it was bizarre. Like, I think about that now. I'm like, I had the same dream every day for a year and three months. And, you know. But you did it. You saved him. I saved him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There, there definitely was like some meaning to be derived there, and I think like the yeah. overall theme was that I'm not in control, and I have to, I have to remember that somehow. I don't know. It was sorry. No, no, no I'm not. I'm not trying to interrupt you. To back out a little bit, I'm not saying that I think dreams always have meaning, and you have them yeah. because there's meaning. It's just I think you can extrapolate meaning from them, mm-hmm. and therefore add more value to them after the fact. So. It seems to me that if you have a dream every day for a year and three months, you probably should try yeah, to extrapolate meaning. It would be from nice it. if I could make sense of this. Yeah, but yeah, the, the meaning that you—I think you're describing it, which is, um, well, it's going to sound really basic. So there are some problems you can't run away from, and mm-hmm. you just have to hammer away at them and face them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a hard lesson to learn, but it's a good lesson. Uh, it might have been. Honestly, maybe that dream, the lessons to be derived from it were not for that time in my life. Maybe yeah. was, that's such a memorable amount of time to have the same nightmare. Maybe that'll apply to me right now. Maybe there's something yeah. I need to 
hammer and know there's no way around this. I just have to go through it. That was the part that makes me wish I could figure out how I got through that deer. Yeah. Because I was like, that was the part that I need for my life right now. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> uh, you'll remember that later. Yeah. Or, or I'd be scary. Yeah. Where the dream comes up later. The, the the crazy volcano stuck in my family's in cages part. Yeah. It was all very spy kids and like Disney bad guy thing. It wasn't it wasn't like <laughs> like they were real stakes to a kid. Yeah. Like of course it's in a volcano and your family's in cages and you have to pick. <laughs> of course it's a volcano. Yeah. Of course they're in a cage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I yeah. Just you think you're a nine? I was ten when the dream stopped. Yes. So I I had one dream that happened is a nightmare that happened over and over. I think I was six. But it was it was you know, it was childish and it was almost entirely comprised of cartoons. I remember what it looked like or part of it. It was like a cartoon. It was like I was watching a movie and I had no control. I just had to watch it every time. It sucked. <sighs> it wasn't a hundred times. Not that much. It was for a few months. <laughs> and it, like you, I'd prayed to God that it would go away and it didn't. And I was like, I must be, you must hate me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. It, it does not sound or look scary in my mind at all because it was a cartoon. It was, it was predominantly pink, fuzzy white cloud pink, and it was like a mural that was just going by. It was actually all moving to the right, and so you're, I remember the direction it was mm-hmm. moving. But in this pink cloud, you'd see this pocket of this cartoon playing, this one playing. So you had like these pockets going by, basically, and some were got closer to the camera than others. Huh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But w- the one part that scared me was the, it was actually from a legit cartoon. I remember the music in my head. There was, a, there's, there was music. there's music, and it, it it's how to go how to describe the music. Um, it it's like what they would play for a scary tense part in a princess movie, like Sleeping Beauty or like just really well, fast. Just, yeah, like string. <laughs> it's oh, okay, and like whimsical but mischievous. Oh yeah. Anyway, okay. as a kid, it's. Of course it's scary. It's, it's a scary part too, of a cartoon. So it's anxiety induced. Right. It's like fast. And, uh, well, the one part that was scary and it's stupid is in one of these ca- cartoons that was going by, it was, um, it was the, I don't know what the dog is called, but it's from the lady in the tramp. It's the one that's small blue, has a mustache. It was that oh, yeah. dog. And it was facing straight at the camera, just the head and its eyes were closed until it got right in front of you. Then it just, Opened its mouth and stuck out. It's like, oh yes, I get to eat you. And oh. it was, which, which the idea is unnerving or scary. But it wasn't a scary image. It wasn't demented. It was just a cartoon dog. You know that dog from the Lady in the Tramp. That dog too. It was that one. I don't know why. And I, I had no aversion to the dog in the cartoon. I liked him. He was cranky and, and stuff, and I relate to that. But no, I just I don't know. That's all I remember. That was the one dream I know I've had several times. Interesting. But not as interesting as yours, <laughs> and way less original than yours. <laughs> huh. That's I would say that's pretty original. Like no, it's good. It was made up entirely. It was made up entirely of cartoons. It, it, like every bit of it came from cartoons. I'm, in the music must was was some variation of something I've heard in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know the Disney cartoons you would have watched back in the nineties. Yeah, it's just like that. I would be terribly interested to hear if any of our our listeners have had reoccurring dreams or reoccurring nightmares. Cause I've never met anybody who, who like me has had a nightmare every day for a year. 
Well, not for a year. I don't think that's normal, but I'm certain. Well, I shouldn't say I'm certain. I would bet most people have had a reoccurring dream at some point in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I've had other reoccurring dreams too, but it was usually like twice, maybe twice in a row I had it or maybe three times total. But I don't remember those so much. Yeah. I don't think those happened to me. It's so weird about dreams how like they, they like things make sense in them, but they don't <laughs> make sense at all when you wake up. Yeah. It's, I hate that. It's like, of course, that, of course that person who was my friend stabbed me and then laughed. I had a dream one time where my friends, we were cooking, we were making a sandwich and just, ha, we were laughing together and, and she was making a peanut butter jelly sandwich. And I was like, like making, I was like, just like kind of sitting like this and she, we were laughing about something and she turns and stabs me in the stomach and just looks and I was like, Oh, is this serious? And then she goes, just kidding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a funny joke. <laughs> but it was so Got funny you. in the dream. Like, ah, what a silly thing to do. Stabbing me. And then I woke up and was like, why did she stab me? Why did I think it was funny? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Now that um, I'm certain happens to everybody yeah. in your dream. It makes total sense. Of course. Of course. She when stabbed as soon as you wake me. up, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Why did I think it was funny? Yeah. Like, because it was unexpected. That's part of humor, I guess. Yeah, I was, I was Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did not see that coming. You got Joke. me. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember good dreams you've had? Oh, I know I've had a good dream. I'm, I was just thinking like, hmm. I'd have to think about it and hope something comes to me. Nothing comes to mind. Do you mm. have a good dream you have in your memory? I've had many good dreams. I've had dreams about like places that I imagined that I now that I still now like think of when I think of like fantasy worlds. I think my good dreams are usually like places, imaginary places. They're just cool or nice. Mm -hmm. I don't remember them, you know, except for the example I gave earlier when you'll remember something randomly and go, oh, that was a dream. That's not real. But or doesn't matter if you remember it's real or not. You remember years later, very vividly that place or that dream. I think my good dreams are usually that I don't, I know I had mostly bad dreams, but who, who would have mostly good dreams? I don't think anybody I, has. You're right. I don't think dreams. so. If, if our dreams are, oh, what would you call that representation of our lives or our world? It would, would it make sense that they're mostly bad? I mean, if someone told me, oh, my age, mm -hmm. uh, 30 say 30 years old if they told me i have mostly good dreams I'm like really yeah like really i, I want to know about their life yeah you know they must have a, i don't know yeah i would assume that if they had mostly good dreams they actually had kind of a scary life i because i because i guess my theory is if everything's going good for you your body will say no -uh, it's not and you got to be prepared for things going bad but i think vice versa would happen if like you're maybe a funeral worker and you're always seeing death maybe Maybe you dream about vibrant life as a counteractive to that. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, I, I don't even know if I have a good explanation for why that's my guess, but I think that's my guess would be, or if you're in, I understand that, but I don't think so. Not about trauma though. I think if you went to war, you'd dream about trauma like a lot or something like that. Cause you, you know, all the, all the stories about that. I think so when you have bad dreams, we could talk about bad dreams what do they tell you about your biggest anxieties? That's a good question. I have my answer. Go ahead. Uh, throughout my adult years, 
almost every time I've had a nightmare, it's been in regards to someone I really cared about abandoning me. So I think my biggest <laughs> that thing was me that, as a kid, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they were pretty upsetting dreams. Like, till pretty recently, I've been having those about, you know, either an ex or, you know, a family member or something. And it's, and it always has to do with them either picking somebody over me or just not completely neglecting me altogether. Yeah. For me, it's, it's never somebody else. It's just, they don't want you anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's don't, it's don't, they don't care. They do not care. That's yeah. something like that. Ugh. Indifference is almost worse than picking somebody else. For over me, you. it is. Yeah. yeah. You have no value on your own. It's not that someone else has more value than you. It's you have none. That's what that I think means for me. Yuck. It's a yeah, gross feeling. It, it's worse. Yeah. No, I think that's probably the consistent consistent nightmare that I have as an adult is usually I don't love you. you know, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's I think some, it's pretty usual for it's people. Something too. like that. I wish I had a specific dream to draw from. I know I had that as a kid. I think I have that as adult where it's just, you know uh, what's the word? Neglect, abandonment. Mm-hmm. Or here's another kind of nightmare. A great dream that you wake up and realize it couldn't be true. Or it's not true. You mean you wake up because you realize during the dream that it can't be true? Either that or when you wake up, you realize I'll never have that. Hmm. Sounds horrible. I can't think of ever having that myself. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. I don't have to give an example. Well, People you, have had those have dreams. If you have an example, please do give it. Like, okay. So after the first time I broke up with my, she broke up with me the first time. I broke up with her the second time. The first time we broke up. I obviously had lots of dreams. We were still together and I woke up and they felt real because yeah. they were exactly like it would be if I was with her. But yeah, we woke up and realized, oh, that's that's not happening anymore. Yeah, I've had I- that. ironically enough, you know, we got back together and we did have that again for a short while. But it was but that's a that's a pretty bad dream, too. Even if it's a great dream, it's like, oh, so great. But then it's like not real. Yeah, I kind of cliche and not too mm-hmm. original and kind of what you were just said. I had something like that. I dream that was with my ex and then it seemed all real but then my my me in the dream said something that i didn't say consciously but once i said it out loud it made me aware that it wasn't real oh and then i woke up very very sad woke up crying and it was you know that that that's that's um that's a sad dream i wouldn't call that a bad dream bad dreams that make you scared or just really upset you know what really sucks are dreams. This happens a lot, actually. I think most commonly these days is I'll have a dream that it's the feeling it gives me, not what the dream even was. I won't remember. I'll wake up, and the feeling I describe is something is wrong with the world. I hate that feeling. Something is just off. It's like not being aware that the matrix exists, but there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll wake up with that feeling a lot, and I'll know it's because of the dream I had, even though I won't remember the dream. I'll wake up and go, something is just off. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. The world and is a little just ruin bit different. Your day. It's a little bit different color too. Something's off. I've and had it that bugs before. You just ruins your day, and the fact that you don't know what it is makes it more aggravating. Yeah, like any problem, I think. I mean, the world is a little off. I think that that's probably the time when you're actually seeing it the clearest. I don't know. People have all these like lenses on how they look at the world, and I think a certain amount of chemicals that don't get to your brain good enough and at, during the night while you're sleeping or whatever can can sort of influence influence that when you wake up and just like this is not right as you know some people might call that depression <laughs> seriously 
Which I would explain why you have it more. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I, I don't know if you're alluding to it, but yeah, I have depression. So. Yeah, I got depression. <laughs> they say that all happy. That'd be funny. Uh, yeah. Depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. But I've actually woken up like that too. Where it's just to wake up and like, uh, nothing is. Right. It's all off kilter. Is how I would say it. Everything feels crooked. Uh, the color isn't right. The sky, even though it might be a bright day, you're not seeing a bright day. You're seeing right, like a yeah. weird, like filtered, like yeah. It's what the heck. I is know this? it's a bright day, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Something's off. Yep. Hate yep. that. It's bad. It's a bad feeling because it ruins your day basically. Mm-hmm. And for me, at least, it gets better about. You know, nighttime, once I eat dinner, then it's normally like, okay, it's a normal it's day a again. Yeah. But it's it, the same thing with naps. I don't know about you, but I, I hate taking naps because if I wake up from a nap midday, if it feels like a different day, it feels like the day is ruined. It's I don't worst. know. It's it's just like that feeling when you wake up from a bad dream of your day is ruined until about nighttime that it feels like essentially the day has elapsed and it is, a, you know, in a way, a new day. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't have an effect anymore. But taking a nap will reset it. So if you're having a fine enough day and you take a nap and you wake up from the net, your day could be ruined. <laughs> that's, a, that's how it is for me. And that's why I don't yeah. like naps. Me too. That's, that's happened for me. Lately, I've accidentally been taking more naps because my sleep, my terrible sleep schedule is finally catching up with me. And uh, part of that is definitely, be, uh, it's been bad. It's like, I'll be, I'll go home and I'll be like, man, I'm time to just take a seat. Next thing I know, I'm waking up in my bed. It's like almost, you know, seven yeah. o'clock. It's like, come on. <laughs> that sucks. I'm only have like this much of a day left. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate naps. Some people I know, I, do you like sleep? I just try to judge that for myself, what that would mean. Do you look forward to going to bed is how I was thinking about it. And I think, no. Me neither. Yeah. I think we take it for granted if that's the right way to put it. Some people who maybe work themselves to death and they're physically exhausted. They can't wait to. I think they would say they like sleep. Mm -hmm. But we don't like sleep. Why do you think that is? I'm going to go ahead and say it's because it doesn't give me, uh, what's the word, relief. I don't feel especially relaxed. Am I am I hitting something similar with you? Is that why you'd say you don't like sleep? It's it doesn't offer me anything. It doesn't make me feel better. Mm. It's not an escape from anything. That's not really. why I don't like sleep, but I, I get, think that's I, get I think that. that's why I'd say I don't like sleep. Yeah, because I would. You say you say this yourself. I'm not saying this as a critique of you, but you say you enjoy sitting. Like that's what you do for your job is you sit and then you move while you sit. But I'm always sitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's because you've you've technically been resting a lot. Yeah. I was so like sleep is not rest for you. Sleep is just not being awake. Yeah. And awake is still kind of restful. I was thinking I was thinking about that when I said people who work themselves to death yeah. use their whole bodies every day and they're physically exhausted and then that is their reprieve. They get mm. to finally rest. That could understand them saying they like sleep, but maybe that's why I don't care about it because I don't, mm. I'm not physically worked. Yeah. I know people who don't work hard, but they like sleep and it's like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, why don't you like sleep? It's a waste of time. Hmm. I hate it. I like, that's why I feel about naps. They're a waste of time, but sleep. Yeah. I hate think- it. I, if I could be awake all the time, I get so much done. Here's a question, and it's an interesting question. I thought of it before. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm not the only person who has. But say, let me get some numbers really quick. 
I like these numbers better. Okay, you get to live to be 60 years old, or you get to live to be 40, but you don't have to sleep. This is if starting at zero, because you sleep a third of your life away, essentially. So say so you're going to live to 60 years old. That's not a lot, by the way. Only to 60? 60? Well, I was going to say 99 versus 66, but most, some people don't want to live that long, so that's why I chose 60. I want to live that long. Okay, so you could be 99 years old, or you can forego the need for sleep, but you're going to die at 66. Can I, I, can I buy, can I sleep when I'm a kid and buy my parents some relief? Like sleep till I'm 18 and then add 18 years? Okay, well then, well then whatever the remainder is starting at now, it 25. It would be 12 years. Add 12 years. Whatever. Would you rather die sooner yeah. at the expense of staying up more? If Okay, so if it was the numbers where you die early at 80 as opposed to live to 99, but you don't have to sleep if you live mm-hmm. till 80. For sure, I'd rather not sleep. Yeah, well, yeah, at some point it becomes more obvious, like to 100 years old, but if because those years aren't as important or useful mm-hmm. as, you know, that's why I chose 60 because you some people like I said, some people don't want to live to 99, but mm-hmm. would that still apply? I think it would for you. You'd rather just be awake and live less. Yeah. I understand that, and I I want to say that, but there's one reason why I would go back to saying sleep. It's not that I want to be here on this earth longer and see what our technology is 30 years later. It's not that at all, which is an advantage. You could effectively live more comfortably in that future that you've made it to, Mm -hmm. theoretically. It's because you only live once, and I selfishly want to experience the things that people experience. Like sleep? Yeah. You know what what it would be like one day? Uh, It's like that... That fantastical future of sipping on on margaritas on a beach, you can't do that for eternity. You'll get Mm -hmm. bored of it. At Mm -hmm. some point after having not slept, you'd miss it. Not because you want to sleep, but because you'd see what other people have. And it's for that reason I think I would What if you can sleep casually? You can just choose when to sleep? Yeah. Of course, we would all choose that. We would all choose that. But I'm trying to make it more of a choice. You have to pick one or the other, in which case I would stay safe and I'd allow myself to sleep. So you cannot sleep sleep in the other scenario. You you have to sleep. Yeah, you're cursed, essentially. You're a ghost. Mm. Sleep is not an object. You can't be unconscious like that. Yeah, But But the advantage is you can be way more productive in a less amount of time. You know? Would you still choose that? A hundred percent, especially because of my... Like, because of my affinity for the career choices that I pick, like, if yeah. I could work a day job, you know, for eight hours, three times, four times a week, I'd be fine with that, even if it was a job I didn't, look, like, enjoy. But if I had, like, all, like, eight hours during midnight times to work on music or to mix or to write, because that's the best time for that anyway, is at yeah. night. I, I'll say like, it this way. I would not be upset if I was cursed with the inability to sleep and if someone needed to, to not sleep. sleep. I wouldn't be upset about it, but it's not what I would choose. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially because of what yeah, my affinities, my natural inclinations are. Because I just enjoy nighttime. I enjoy yeah. it a lot. And I, I enjoy it way less if I have to sleep through it. I just like it when the sun's not out. I can, It feels like I can concentrate more. It feels yeah. like I just enjoy, I feel more relaxed. Because there's not movement and everything. Everything's yeah. peaceful. Everybody's home. You know, this isn't really a sleep question, but we're kind of right there. Are you a night person or a morning person? Night person. Or a night person. You are too. Yeah, I I think they're more night people than morning people, but that's whether that's true or not is really relevant. I know I know lots of morning people. Those people are the worst people. We I should feel, end, we should kill them all. <laughs> I love that. 
That nod afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So sleep and dreams. I'm starting to think more on the sleep side now. Here's one strain I'm thinking about the purpose of sleep, not the purpose of dreams, but the purpose of sleep. Um, your body obviously needs it, but your mm-hmm. mind needs it too. From what we can tell scientifically, because you will go insane if you don't. Yeah. And I wonder why that is like, why, what, why weren't we built? <clears throat> I wonder why weren't we built to just, what's the purpose of sleep? Yeah. Why weren't we built to just be awake the whole time? Why, if our brain is using, I'm going to think about this very quickly for like five seconds. If our brain is like 100% capacity during the day and then 30% capacity at night, why, why not just be at 130, 130% capacity during the day, something like that? And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think those numbers are right. Obviously, if we were, it would seem in a way, if we were awake for too long, we'd think too much and we'd go insane. Why do you think we'd go crazy if you're up so, awake for so long? I think it's because we think too much. So why would you, why do we go crazy if we stay awake? Well, if you think about just what the brain is, it's just like electrical circuits and signals. It's the same reason you turn off your TV every once in a while is because if you leave it on, then you'll just get fried eventually. You'll get too hot. So we think know. too much in a way. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, you're always, your brain is constantly emitting energy. Maybe, maybe just get roasted. I, I get that. Not literally, like, it gets too hot and then smoke coming out of your ears like a cartoon. I'm not saying that, but, well, we could talk about the Russian no sleep experiment because that's interesting. That's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah. That's where we got the idea. Have we talked about that on the show yet? No. Not at all? I don't think so. You know about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you about it, or did you just hear about it separate? Well, I've heard about it on my own via YouTube, but I know you I shouldn't say no. I'm pretty sure you've told me on your own as well. It's so interesting. I wish we, yeah, we could just talk what we remember about it, because I don't remember all the exact well, details. I don't, don't want to recite it, because it's not important. All I was doing was gleaning from it the fact that people need sleep, because they, yeah. they will go insane. Well, but that wasn't unique to that experiment, you know? To contextualize, the Russian no-sleep experiment was literally an experiment where people in Russia, scientists in Russia, rounded together all these either prisoners or inmates. people, inmates, and then they threw them in a room, and then they just, it, they just got, they made, they put into aerosol form um, adrenaline gas, and they piped it in, it pumped it in there, and then it caused these people to stay awake. They couldn't fall asleep, and they did that for weeks. And at first, at first they were just, like, tired. You could tell they were, like, kind of out of it. But then eventually it, it really went downhill fast because people started, you know, auto-cannibalism. They started eating themselves. They started throwing poop everywhere and yelling and screaming and, you know, going insane. saying, you know, speaking languages that people had never heard before and, like, communicating in ways that they could understand but nobody else could and eventually eating a person, they ripped a guy's arm off, you know, stuff like that. They just went crazy until they had to like kill these people. Cause they were just too, they, yeah, just too ripped apart and just in bad way. Like people go crazy without sleep. Hey, it's a fun question. Slightly <clears throat> related. What's the longest you've gone without sleep? Two and a half days, two and a half. Yeah. Two, like 40, like 50 hours, 50, 
56 hours or so. That's pretty darn similar to me. It was just over two days. So that was so awful. What was that like besides awful? It was, oh, it happened on my birthday. I was, I was my 12th birthday. It was a surprise birthday party. My mom threw and she surprise. You can't sleep. Well, she, it wasn't that at all. She, it wasn't that at all. Uh, it was, uh, but she was like, we're going to go to the church because we have to pick something up from the church. Like, okay. And I got to the church, and, of course, they had rented out, like, one of the church rooms, and all my friends were there. And surprise. Like, oh, it's such a cool time. And we spent all night watching Lord of the Rings, and I was just so happy that everybody was there that I just stayed awake through the night. And then the next day, I was so tired for most of the day, and then I'm like, I'm just going to. I'm just going to keep staying awake. And I think I stayed awake until the next day and like four in the morning I fell asleep. I tried playing Mario Party 4 all night when I got home. It was the weekend. Oh. So I could. And you didn't have to go to work because you were a child. I was 12 or whatever. That's 11 cool. maybe? Maybe I was 11. But watching Lord of the Rings helped keep me awake all the way through. <coughs> Excuse me. I've also stayed up all night other times. There was a time when... There was a time when I was at a party, and I, this is my when I worked my first bank job. And I, someone was like, "You should come to this party. It'll be fun. It'll be lit. Woohoo! We're gonna drink." I was like, "Okay," but I gotta work tomorrow morning, so I'm not gonna stay long. And I stayed long, and I literally, yeah, I got to work, and um, yeah, someone dropped me off at work, and I just, <laughs> I was not in a good way either. I was very intoxicated. But someone drove me to my job and dropped me off, and I waited there for an hour. And I basically, like, kind of zoned out, kind of fell asleep for about a half hour. But then I, you know, I had to shake myself and get up, and then I had to go work. And my poor coworker, I felt bad for her because I was like, hey, I didn't sleep at all. I'm going to just, like, lay on the floor. And she was like, you look bad. I'm like, yeah. Anyway. The longest I was awake was a similar amount of time. It was when I flew to Hawaii, which is the furthest I've ever traveled. So I was up early. I can't remember when I flew during the day, but I could not sleep that night. I'm not sure why, if the flight had something to do with it. And, of course, the change in time messed me up. But by the time I got to Hawaii, it was time for me to go pick up a motorcycle. And I was like, I haven't slept in over 24 hours. I'm worried about me driving, but I got to go get it. And so I did it. And even though I felt awful, my motor skills worked perfectly fine somehow especially when i got on the bike suddenly he's like i had just enough focus mm-hmm. but then after 48 hours it had been it was the morning again so it's two nights and i didn't manage to sleep until the afternoon like one o'clock i slept for like a really hard five hours like one to six and it felt really good mm-hmm. and i was up for like three or four hours and went back to sleep that night but yeah over over you know like 54 56 hours it was at a very mm. inconvenient time, but um, yeah. it happened not because I wanted it to. I just couldn't sleep for some reason. Maybe it was the flight. This is a weird thing about like weird sleep schedules. Best night of sleep I ever got was about two months ago, and this is my sleep schedule has been terrible, so don't judge me. Uh, I basically stayed up till four in the morning, and then I went to sleep. Woke up at you know seven for my job. Slept three hours. I got home and I was like, I'm pretty tired. I think I'm going to just go to sleep early. It was 7 o'clock. And I slept for three hours again. I woke up at 10. And then I was like, I'm not tired at all. I feel great. I'm just going to stay up again. Stayed up till 4 in the morning again. 
woke up again at seven in the morning for work. When I woke up for, at seven in the morning for work after having napped for three hours, taken, been awake for six hours, then slept again for three hours, so rested. I've never been more rested in my life. I was like, how does six total hours of sleep or nine total hours of sleep in like a, like a 48 hour, like 56 hour span, how does that make me feel right now the most rested I've ever felt in my life? I felt amazing all day on three hours. Like, this is the best. And it was so perfect. I was like, I'm going to try to replicate this again. And, of course, I just was mm. too tired and I fell asleep all night. <clears throat> but I've thought about, I've actually heard about intermittent sleeping and how it's be- supposed to be better for you. People were designed to go to sleep early yeah. and then wake up in the middle of the night and then go back to sleep. And I've heard that before, but I don't know how much how much truth there is to that. It's got to be some truth. I didn't get to jump on it, but me and, well, effectively lucid dreaming to a degree I was about, how old were you when you were lucid dreaming? Like 10? I started when I was almost nine. I was eight. Okay. I was about the same age. I, and I think I, I know I've mentioned this to you. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but I would get up early and then do some homework and go back to bed. And then, but when I did that, I would have not only be real west, be well rested, I'd have at the very least great dreams. And I think it's because I could control them. But it, the caveat was aside from you have to be on a very specific schedule, I could only do it for 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'd wake up before I lose control. I don't know. Oh, shoot, what were you we just talking about? I wasn't actually going back to lucid dreaming. I wasn't trying to. We were talking about sleep schedules. Oh, about about how people only need intermittent sleep. And that was when I was getting the best, the most rest, when I'd wake myself up in the middle of the night and go back to bed. And I wouldn't sleep any longer, but I was more rested after having had my sleep broken up. So it must be a thing somehow. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I mean, at least some people, some people have said that. People who work night jobs and stuff like that, they operate fine. And if you think about all throughout history, of course people had to wake up at the middle of the night for things mm. like war or their job or things like that. People just Oh adapt. boy, 3 a.m. Yeah. You know that joke? No. Oh, it's actually Patrick Starfish. Huh. Okay, anyway. <laughs> That's when he wakes up like super early. And- oh, it's just, it just a joke. I'm not going to explain. All right. Anything pressing or particularly interesting about dreams or sleep that has entered your mind and you want to share? Because, I mean, I could, I could, I'm at the point where I'd have to really start searching for them. I know I oh, thought you, of one Oh, you earlier. wanted to tell your nightmare, didn't you? I told it. Oh, it's a different nightmare. Never mind. I think you told the other nightmare the other night. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you don't want to. Anything, what one are you talking about? The demon. I've told that one on the podcast, yeah. I think. Yeah, you did. I just think it was a condensed version. Yeah, but it wasn't really a nightmare. That was, that yeah, was like, yeah. I was awake still. Okay. All right. Yeah, the demon. Well, like I said, I'd have to think if I could think of something else, dream or sleep wise. I I know I've had other ones, and I know yeah. I I actually thought of one earlier, but you were talking. I was like, I th- probably should probably write this down, but I think he's almost done. You weren't, and then I just kept I going, it. and you forgot. Yeah, no, well, no. The good you didn't. news is we can yeah. always revisit. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully we'll have more next time. But oh, you're you're hosting today essentially. So now it is time for our next oh, segment. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do a game because we haven't done one in a while, and we and we prepared more voices. Barely. Barely. Anyway, yeah, I think what we're gonna do is um, 
where you're just going to pick a voice, a new one we've written down this list, and we're going to read a scene together. Or I, I guess actually we're going to just improvise a scene possibly because we couldn't find scripts. I think we'll just go. I'll go through Disney movies, and if if I'll, I'll think, we'll just think of we'll, lines we'll, this, to you know, say. We'll struggle a bit here, so. All right. Um, you want to just go through the list? Yeah. Uh, we the first. Thought, well, the... Per person or like read them all or what are you what are you doing? We could if you wanted to do a scene, let's pick a scene. Emperor's New Groove. I'm trying to pick a movie we know since you could do this from memory. The 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 table scene. I was actually thinking about that dinner with broccoli. Is that what you're thinking about? Yeah, I don't three, know. There's three that people well. there though. Yeah. Um how about when Pacha sees Emperor Cusco for the first time? <laughs> Pacha, you're the first guy. You're just the guy I wanted to see. I am. Where does he think it's a problem? And you, do you know that scene? I don't know it anymore. Oh, it's such a good How movie. How about I do Cusco the... since I, he has most of the dialogue and then you can just play along as Pacha. You're going to be Batman. Christian Bale's Batman. Yeah. You're picking for me? Well, if you're picking for me, I get to pick for you. I've, I was just going to be the Heath, Leather, Heath Ledger's Joker. Ah, uh, well, they really should be in a, they really should be on a dynamic together. Uh, between the two, is that the one you want to do the most? Yes. Yeah, that has a stand, so you can set that there. We can both uh, look at it. Oh, I guess I should do that. Or I need to help me out. Well, that kind of works. That's good. Okay. Um. Yeah, between the two, I would like to do Joker Ledger as well. I'll do Batman. Okay. Are you, is your voice going to be okay? Because he's got a lot. I'll be fine. Okay. It'll be easy for me. All right. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that scene. Uh, I don't know it well enough. Okay. But yeah, we that's can okay. take a different one if you want. But otherwise, you just gotta improvise. Go ahead. Start it, and I'll see if I remember it. Ah, Pancha, you're just the guy I wanted to see. I am. Word on the street is you can fix my problem. You can fix my problem, can you? I don't know this scene. <laughs> sure, I'll do what I can. Sure, I'll do what I can. <laughs> I just stepped back for a moment to appreciate the ridiculousness of the scene. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a joker dubbing like a business deal. That's great. You're just, uh, that's just what I wanted to hear. Are you aware of just how important your village is to the Empire? You have to feed me the lines. I know that we take care of your crops. We also heard some of the llamas that you... I know we take care of your crops. We also heard some of the llamas. And you go, my village? My village? Oh, yeah. You have a pretty sweet setup on the top of that hill, don't you? And then, <laughs> and then that, the laugh, I don't remember. And you go, yeah, my family's lived there the past six generations. Yeah, my family's lived there the past several generations. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me. Oh, shoot. I don't remember. We can be done. Yeah. All right. I'm Thanks satisfied. for feeding me the lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Do we want to just do the next two? Uh, what are the next two? Owen Wilson and Davy Jones. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll i do either one you want. Let's do the the Lion King scene where he's telling Simba about I, the kingdom. You have to feed me the lines. I'll feed you okay. the lines All right. if I remember them. When I said either of the two, I'll do whichever those two voices you want. I'll do Davy Jones. Okay. Everything the light touches is your kingdom. You gotta feed me. Wow. What's that shadowy place over there? Does he say wow? Wow. He does. That's great. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, Wilson's gonna say wow. <laughs> yeah, that's why I picked it. Wow. 
What's that shadowy place over there? You must never go there. I don't remember his voice that well. Davy Jones. You can switch if you want. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, just do your best. I'll do Yoda. Never go there. You must. I can't do it. No, not switch. Switch between us. Stick with Davy Jones. Uh, okay. Or we switch between us. But oh, just keep going. You must never go there. Wow. <laughs> Let's be done with it. Oh, Let's really? Next... We, we can do a bit more. What's What's the next thing that I'm supposed? I to I don't say? remember it. That's why. Oh, I was like, that was it. What's that shadow? Like? You must never go there. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what's after that. I'm sorry. I just don't know movies okay. as well as it's you. A, I don't want to okay. feed you the wrong line. <laughs> next time, if we can't think one, we'll just have to improvise a scene completely. Well, let's do a, a third one, and maybe for a fourth, we'll improvise. But let's try. Let's try a third here. So the next two are Jack Sparrow and Yoda. Uh, I'm I'll just do Jack Sparrow. As, okay, I'm just as comfortable with either. I, I can't I'm, do I'm Yoda. Squeamish, I'm squeamish on both. So mm. I guess I could try, but whichever I'll do Jack one you Sparrow. want. I can't. Okay, whatever. I'll do Yoda. Uh, let's do a, a scene here. <laughs> I'm Yoda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know the scene when Yoda walks in on Darth Sidious in Revenge of the Sith? Uh, you go, Master Yoda, he survived. <laughs> Master Yoda, he survived. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and do you know the next line? No. Your arrogance blinds you, Master Yoda. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. Your arrogance. Your arrogance. Your arrogance blinds you, Master Yoda. Now you will experience the full power. Now you experience the full power of the dark side. <laughs> I can't do it very well. I was just like, I don't know what voice you're doing. Yeah, it's not Jack Sparrow. Okay. <laughs> you want to do it again? Full power of the you want to keep going side. or switch? It's up uh, to we you. Could, I, we could try switching. I'm not on my I'm, game I'm, right I'm, now. I, no, no, no. I think it's funny. I want to keep going. Okay. Um. So they actually cuts away from that scene and it comes back. Awesome. And then Sia says something. Uh, he says, I've waited a long time for this moment, my little green friend. That's you. Mm. You're supposed to say it as Jack mm. I've waited a long time for this moment, my little green friend. Waited a long time for this, my little green friend. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. No, I'm, imagining, I'm imagining that dub over the movie, and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> this one, mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then one more line. Alas, the Jedi are no more. Alas, the Jedi are no more. Not <laughs> if anything to say about it. I have. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Anyway. Okay, we got to do a different one. And then I got, and I got a bit more. Okay. At an end, your rule is, and not short enough it was. It doesn't sound like him at all. Anyway. That's pretty good. You did better than now I Now we can be done with that. All right, now do you want to improvise a scene so we can literally just, let's pick a voice we really want to do because we're going to do it a lot. And then we'll just go. Jason Statham. You want that one? I'd like it. Okay. I'm trying to. What does that say underneath Palpatine? Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. And then out. I actually. How much, but, I think like Professor Farnsworth. What are we improvising a scene for? Because that way we can say whatever we want. Cause I see. And this is our last one. So I'm going to do a Professor Farnsworth and you're going to do Jason Statham. Okay. Here I go. What's this? Oh, I guess. Hands off that lever. I forgot my voice already. I wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, touch no, 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 that no, no, button. I forgot who I am. Professor Farnsworth. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go. Hands off that lever. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch that. I'll, I'll put so many bullets in your chest that you'll be bleeding for a long time. Well, hold on a second, young man. I... 
Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be bleeding for a long time. <laughs> I hate this. I love this It's horrible, song. but that's what's fun. About yeah. it. I technically responded. What did you say? I said, hold on, young man. I, what? Papetti, lead, you guy. Bang, bang. Oh, I haven't been killed this much since 1934. <laughs> Oh, humanity. <laughs> that's so good. That's so that's so good. <laughs> Do you want to try Farnsworth? <laughs> oh, bother. Professor Farnsworth. I don't know him that well. Yeah. Let's do another let's, one. I want to be Barack Obama next. Okay, that was fun. I like saying whatever we want. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this country, it is uh, America, and uh, very proud of that. Oh, I'm gonna try Markiplier. Oh, oh boy. you were there in the in the front. Well, you oh, have a question oh. for me. Um, <laughs> you have, you have a question for me. Hello, everybody. My name is Markiplier, and I'm here with Barack Obama. That's right, folks. Uh, how's it going? Now we're gonna play a game where Barack Obama inducts me as the the president of the. Oh, you're gonna be the the uh, the, uh, the president of the uh, the president of the United States. Oh, sure. Sure, I'll be the president of your country. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> uh, so uh, you put your uh, put your hand on the on the Bible. Oh, okay. Let's and, uh, here we go. Uh, you're gonna uh, say after me. Uh, I, uh, Markiplier, gonna be the president. I'm Markiplier, gonna be the president of the United States. Will be the president of the United States. Uh, the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> that was fun. Woo! Uh, oh yeah, I like doing uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> I'm gonna do another president now. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm gonna be fun. Bill Clinton. One, one more. Bill Clinton. Uh, you started seeing who's under scenes. who's under Jason Statham trying to read Chris that. Griffin. Oh boy, uh, who's under that? Uh, professor, that's Pro- Professor Farnsworth. Farnsworth. How about you be Aaron from Game Grumps? How about you be Aaron's girl voice? Okay, all right. I think I know what that one is. So okay. you're Clinton. I'm Clinton. I'm. Aaron's girl. Hi, hi there, beautiful. What, you want to come back to the cafeteria? Oh, well, step back there. I can't remember what she sounds like. That's, that's great. Okay, okay. Well, that you, is too close. Uh, if you just want to come with me to the cafeteria, I can make us a nice... I'm not coming with anyone. Nice tuna salad sandwich. Oh, okay. All right, now let's go over here. Walking over with this beautiful young lady. It's only fitting Bill Clinton's with yeah. the young lady. Uh, your hair smells like like roses. Thanks. This is a predominantly <laughs> this is a predominantly platonic tuna sandwich. Uh, I sure like sharing lunch with you, pretty lady. Well, no, we're not munching. We're gonna drink this tuna salad. <laughs> we're gonna drink the mayonnaise out of our sandwich. <laughs> oh gosh. It's trying to avoid these sexual innuendos. Yeah. Good Good work. (laughs) That was fun for me today. Was it good for you too? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the sandwich time, lady. Oh, gosh. That was horrible, but it was pretty bad. (laughs) But I don't, it was fun though. Yeah. I could do George W too. If you wanted to do George W. Bush, talk about Texas. Talk about painting paintings of. Well, you want to talk about Texas? You bring a Larry the Cable guy. There's somebody talk, like that. Yeah, t- paintings with war with war veterans uh, for for the t- country of America. <laughs> it's pretty pretty good. 
That sounds like we should have a presidential debate or something. Yeah, we should. <laughs> you pick a president. Um, I think that economic uh, sanctions shouldn't dictate whatever I want to do because I like wearing my boots uh, underneath my jeans, but everyone's saying you should wear them outside your jeans. Uh, what uh, say you? Uh, hold on. Uh, the, the, the people have uh, voted together in, in concordance with the laws of this nation. That uh, You cannot, simply cannot, under any circumstances, uh, wear these jeans. Uh, they're, they're, they clash completely with your boots. Uh, well, let me just tell you, uh, this is this is something I've been thinking about some uh, in my when I'm on the toilet and on uh, the toilet. They, if you pull your jeans down, uh, they, they can't quite go around your boots. And I, I'll tell you, every time uh, I go uh, to the toilet, uh, not so fast. Well, I, I got to finish this one thought. Uh, if, if you can't, you can't. I can't, poop, I can't poop unless I take my pants off completely. Uh, th- this nation is, is 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 done having its uh, pants around its ankles. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that the, the audience of this debate will know for sure that I, George W. Bush, have won this debate based on my empirical facts and uh, splendiferous amount of uh, splendiferous amount of, of clarity. Uh, listen, I have nothing but respect for for you. We've both won two terms, and and it's only fitting. Uh, uh, that we uh, go halvesies on this on this campaign, and I believe that I am Barack Obama. <laughs> so you're saying you want to split in a presidential term? Uh, in let's half. go halvesies. It's it's, it's fair, like a, fairly dem- democratic. Like a, uh, I know you're not a fan of the uh, democratic process. I'm a fan of the Republican process. Oh, oh, okay, well, let's let's go Demopublican, and let's. Split it right down the middle. Rep, Remocrat. Uh, sure. Republicrat. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, we are going to go halvesies. Uh, on the, we're both going to be presidents I call, at the I got same dibs time. On, on the top bunk. All right. I, I, I reckon that uh, if you don't mind my, my jeans being draped over the corner of the, the bunk there, uh, this should be a very symbiotic relationship. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I like being presidents. Uh, that was a fun game. Okay, well, um, that was better than the other thing. And you know what? This this might have been my favorite episode because Dreams was really fun. Really? Yeah. Cool. But I'm we have we have many more potential favorites to go. So I don't, I don't feel like it's a strange thing to say. Oh, this is my favorite one so far. Well, cool. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Sound like you didn't like it? When no, you said- it's it's fine. Yeah, I, my favorite is definitely our space episode because I just love space. Yeah, and th- this is one of those episodes like space that we'll be able to revisit. So, all right, let's close this out. You're the all right, your show, bud. Yeah, everybody, thank you for all of you who have subscribed on YouTube. Go do that there. Be uh, the way, looking for more announcements. We, you said we're close to eight hundred. We're at seven ninety six. Yes, or close to eight hundred. We are close to eight hundred. We're right there. So I was right. Well, I thought so too, yeah. but yes, almost yeah. 800. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for supporting us and keeping keeping on listening to us. And uh, we will see you next time, Lord willing. Lord willing, we'll be back here right uh, on these beanbags and you can, we can communicate together. Uh, America. Hell yeah. Texas. Take care now.